Hello and welcome once again to the Wednesday interview from the Sustainable Futures Report. I'm Anthony Day. My guest this week is a man whose business is tracking and tracing and finding out exactly where products and their component parts come from. Today I'm talking to Shemik Ghosh. He is co-founder and CEO of Trust Trace, an organization specializing in supply chain traceability and integrity. We're going to talk specifically about the fashion industry, an industry which has come under criticism not only from environmental activists, but from a number of other quarters as well, because it's said that the fashion industry alone is responsible for 10% of global carbon emissions. It accounts for 20% of global wastewater, and it's the second largest consumer of freshwater. It's also the second biggest polluter after the oil industry. And there are all other questions as well about sources of material, labour conditions in manufacturing, the energy and pollution in manufacturing, and ultimately the waste. So, sustainable fashion. Shamir, what can you at Trust Trace do to ensure that sustainable fashion is indeed sustainable? So I think first, let's try to understand what is the challenge that the fashion industry faced. As you mentioned, that uh, while these are the consequences of a lot of irresponsible production which is going on in the uh, fashion industry, the fact also remains that most of the brands, the fashion brands whom we typically, the brand of uh, the clothes that we typically buy, many of these brands do not know their supply chain really well. Uh, fashion industry for the last three or four decades have actually been outsourcing production and which means that they only know their main supplier or the direct the last direct supplier they don't know the supply chain beyond that uh, tier one supplier uh, which means that they do not know they are not many times aware of the irresponsible practices which have followed in the in the lower tier supply chain also in the direct supply the direct supplier there and to this, what we are doing is that we are bringing data. We are collecting data from uh, tier one, tier two, up till tier seven uh, suppliers. And then we are presenting it to the brands so that the brands or the uh, top tier suppliers can take action towards the lower tier suppliers and improve their performance related to environmental, social, and ethical aspects as well as improve the percentage of sustainable materials that they are using in the product uh, there. Right, so some of these supply chains, of course, are geographically very long. Uh, a lot of material comes in from the Far East. Do you actually have people on the ground who inspect and verify and certify that the production is, let's just say, ethical? So yes, the fashion has got a very, very long supply chain. Uh, in most of the cases, it starts from as far as Australia, New Zealand, travels to Asia, to Southern Europe or North America, and then ends up in some part of the world as a final product there. Uh, and to this, uh, we are offering them a data platform. We do not intend to have people on the ground everywhere in the world, but we are located in some key nodes. So we are headquartered in Sweden, uh, which allows us to cover the 
uh, Europe and the Eastern Europe kind of region for production. We also have got a global center in India. So we are covering that time zone, uh, the Asian time zone and the Australian time zone very, very well. And now we are in the mode of expanding into the US and which will allow us to uh, cover the US, the North America and the South Africa time zone also there. We, the, the fact of the fashion industry is that there are a lot of infrastructure that is existing in the fashion industry to collect the data. You have got NGOs, you have got audit agencies, you have got quality checkers spread across the globe. However, all of them are working in silos. Where we are coming in is that we are digitalizing the complete supply chain and allowing people to do peer-to-peer -peer, uh, reviews of the different aspects of the supply chain. And this makes the supply chain much, much more efficient and also reduces the cost of compliance and cost of quality checks uh, through our platform. And that is what how we are changing the industry here. Uh, it is sort of rewiring the house or rewiring the fashion supply chain in a way that it becomes much more efficient, much more transparent and much more sustainable. I believe you're using uh, blockchain and blockchain is known as one of the most secure systems, if not a totally secure system. But the data in the blockchain is only as good as the data that is actually put in. So it could actually be highly secure, false data. The key issue is the interface, the input. So you have presumably authorities, organizations which certify, and those certificates are the things that you put into your blockchain to give the confidence to your clients that what they're buying or using is sustainable. Yes, absolutely right. You are, uh, Anthony, on that. Uh, so we use a plethora of technologies. We we are a vertical B2B SaaS company. So we use best of breed uh, technologies such as artificial intelligence, blockchain, OCR technologies, uh, bots and all. Uh, what it does is that exactly, yes, blockchain is, a, is quite uh, uh, secure. But of course, it cannot guarantee you that it, the data coming in is completely right. So that is why you, we use artificial intelligence where we run various algorithms to check the validity or the verify the data that is coming in. Uh, we also use OCR technology to digitize a lot of paper trail or paper certificates that are flowing out in the, in the, in the fashion industry or generally in the supply chain across the globe. So, and through couple of these means we are able to ensure that the quality of data entering the system is is better at no point in time we can guarantee it is 100 uh, percent uh, correct but i think we are able to bring in a deterrence in the in the platform because in the platform we are sharing the supplier data with multiple brands and if we find a particular supplier is falsifying the data we put a red flag and the sustainability rating goes down. And this is visible to all the, uh, all the brands participating in this network there. Uh, thereby, there is a deterrent, uh, deterrence for the uh, supplier not to falsify the data. At the same time, we also reward a supplier who is doing well. So if a supplier is investing into renewable energy, into water purification plant, uh, ensuring that they have got regenerative practices in their in their facility uh, 
we improve their sustainability rating thereby they get access to other brands who want to give them more business also in some cases when they are trying to make these changes they may need access to capital and we have got certain financial partners who also provide the working capital or uh, uh, investments into these activities also so there is a carrot and stick uh, approach within the whole uh, uh, platform when a client comes to you for assistance with traceability in their supply chain on your website you describe a four-stage process would you like to just take us through that sure absolutely uh, so uh, if you look at the fashion industry as you rightly mentioned it it is a very very large industry it is almost a three trillion dollar industry uh, and fashion uh, is as old as i think and maybe uh, almost goes back to the early civilization right uh, there so when when you're dealing with an industry such as this uh, you are typically are also they want you want to collect uh, 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 a lot of this data uh, from the supply chain uh, there in the challenge that the uh, fashion industry currently have is that you have got certain sustainability leaders you have got sustainability challenges and sustainability laggards there right the sustainability leaders are well ahead uh, they typically want to improve their performance they have well good control on the supply chain and they deal only with sustainable materials sustainability challenges are taking a leap forward they have put sustainability as their key strategy and then they want to uh, implement that and sustainability laggards are sort of get just getting started so in the four stages that you see in our website uh, or in the knowledge hub of our website is so first one is supplier mapping so that is typically where a uh, initial uh, company which is just getting started into sustainability will do the second step is product traceability which is to find out at a product level what is the specific supply chain i am using right because then you want to improve the performance of that product in terms of sustainability there the third aspect and this is a significant leap from the second step which is called material traceability where you want to ensure that the complete material that is entering your supply chain is uh, trusted uh, material and sustainable material and you are tracking to the right to the point that it reaches your warehouse and the final stage is sustainable transformation and this is the stage that typically patagonias of the world uh, will be there where they are at a very very high level but they still need to do a lot of work to maintain their positioning to be the sustainable leaders uh, so they continuously need a lot of data and you know it's such a dynamic world you will come across new material innovations and you want to introduce that into supply chain you will come across new ways of cutting carbon emissions you will have to introduce that so that is the stage that the fourth stage is so a typically a sustainability laggard will start from the first stage and whereas the sustainability leader will be at the fourth stage that is the complete evolution Right. Well, there are two things that I'd like to talk to you about now, which I think could be linked. The one is fast fashion and mm -hmm. the other is the circular economy. Now, fast mm -hmm. fashion may end up with products on the retail shelves which have come along a completely sustainable supply chain, but they may be worn once and then thrown away. And that yeah. in itself is hardly sustainable. Yeah. Unless, of course, you trace the waste unless you extend the yeah. supply chain beyond 
the retailer and you look to see whether the waste can actually be recycled back into the circular economy in some way. Is, is that something which fits into your uh, business model? It does. And that is so we are a startup. We are now into the mode of scaling up the business and uh, scaling up the impact part of it. So we started from the uh, what we call traceability, which is from the source to the government, right? And now we are also uh, working towards trackability, which is about the after the the good has been purchased from the store, uh, and with the four R's which are involved, which is repairability, recommerceability, recyclability, and reusability part of it. So we are as a as a uh, uh, company, we are investing into that space. We are running around three innovation projects in the space of circular business models uh, in that case. And idea is that we are able to create a closed loop system, which is called textile to textile. So where the source and, and reduce the pressure on virgin fibers through this whole whole equation there. Uh, there. So what it, it starts by putting a digital passport at a product level, and then you know the unique uh, bill of material of that particular product, where the product has come from, what is the component it is made out of, whether it is made out of polyester, or recycled uh, uh, polyester, or whether it is made out of uh, responsible wool and all. And then when it reaches to the end of the cycle, you are able to uh, uh, reuse that and reduce the imp- uh, pressure on the virgin fiber. During the uh, usage cycle, and we are very, very poor in that, that typically if you see the number of times a garment is born nowadays has reduced by almost 80% in the last two decades. So typically if you buy a garment around, uh, would have bought a garment somewhere around 90s, you typically would be wearing it much more times. So the utilization of the garment is much higher before it is disposed of, right? Uh, In the current world, uh, we tend to wear it fewer times, which is like maybe 80% 80% or typically as per the uh, the, uh, the statistics, it says that you only wear instead of 100 times, 20 times, right? So now there is a significant amount of value which is lost in the usage in the, in the, in the years that it is sitting in the wardrobe, right? So consumers need access to uh, secondhand marketplaces or uh, uh, re-commercing opportunities or may not, they may not want to buy the product, they want, may want to subscribe it. Uh, we do not play in those areas, but what we do is that we provide a very, very important ingredient, which is called the digital passport of the product. Uh, so against the, this digital passport, you know the full story of the product before that, uh, where how it has been made, where it has been made, plus where, where it would have been used also uh, there. And through this mechanism, you are able to improve the usage or the number of times you wear the garments through uh, different marketplaces which is which is what i call re-commercing of the garment and not letting it uh, decay in your wardrobe so this digital passport is this is something which is uh, available to the consumer is it a barcode or a qr code or something yeah so there are various digital passport companies uh, which are existing we also have our own qr code it can be a qr code it can be an rfid tag it can be an nfc uh, depending upon what kind of garment it is right uh, if it is for example if it is a shoe then of course you have you can also put a chip inside it uh, uh, kind of a thing but if it is a uh, 
fast fashion or a, a high street fashion kind of a product to typically put a qr code along with the care label and all that kind of thing there are various technologies and then there are various digital passport standards in fact european union is promoting uh, digital passports across uh, not only fashion but across all different products like uh, from battery to food uh, to the uh, various uh, equipment uh, that sold in the market well as i said to start with there's been a lot of criticism a lot of concern about the fa- the fashion industry clearly you have got um a range of tools to overcome those problems how far though has the fashion industry moved towards sustainability how much more is there to do uh there's lot more to do to be very frank i think anthony i think what what we have started is that we are, as of now have got around 45 brands who work with us uh, of course uh, and we are not the i'm not no way saying that the brand, all brands have to work with trust trace there are other traceability solutions also but important is very very important is that they should take a step forward towards traceability because you cannot achieve sustainability without traceability you need to know where our products are made how it is made who is making it and you have to take an action a continuous improvement uh, uh, kind of a view of your supply chain there uh, there so uh, having said that uh, 45 brands is still sizable but it is small right uh, compared to the thousands of brands that are existing the way we are approaching this whole problem is that we are trying to improve, increase the impact that trust trace is able to do so we have started with 45 and now we are moving towards more and more brands and we have segmented the market into three key segments we work a lot with the sports and outdoor fashion uh, world like companies such as adidas like decathlon uh like fial raven and all uh, they are ahead of the curve in many 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 cases uh, and now we are of course expanding into geographically geographically into us and other countries and will go after that segment the second segment is the fast fashion or high street fashion uh, we have got couple of recent wins in that space and we believe that is a very very big uh, uh, polluter and uh, uh, in the industry and we can start bringing changes to that the third segment where we have just taken the first step is uh, the luxury goods segment uh, there also they are dealing with many cautious materials like leather uh, and all and i think we need to also bring the change into that world so some segments are ahead uh, and we are trying to strengthen and creating making them as a good example uh, the other segments are catching up and we help we our intention is to help uh, all of them to make a significant leap at least by 2025 so things are moving in the right direction although there is a way to go there's a long way to go uh, it is and it, as it's a 3 trillion dollar industry it is it cannot happen uh, and whatever uh, has uh, mess has been created over a, a four to five decades cannot be undone in uh, in uh, a couple of years but i i strongly believe that if the actions are taken in the right st- uh, right direction we can make the things much better in the next 5 to 6 years time shamik gosh thank you very much for explaining all this to the sustainable futures report my pleasure absolute anthony thank you thanks to shamik gosh of trust trace and thanks to you for listening and to all my patrons for their support if you're in the uk 
I hope you get an opportunity to enjoy the extended holiday weekend coming up. There's no Sustainable Futures report on Friday, but there will be another Wednesday interview next Wednesday. That was the Sustainable Futures report. I'm Anthony Day. Until next time. <laughs>